This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Let's move on to the NCAA tournament. I'm excited to watch it. And we're going to talk about some of the biggest storylines here. I'll just say for me that the storylines that I'm into are a little bit local, like the only national one, or I guess there are a couple of national ones that I'm that I'm somewhat interested in. I, obviously, the easy one is Alabama and They've got Brandon Miller. He's going to be a lottery pick. He could fall to or be available to the Rock. Like he's an actual possibility for the Rockets, I think, uh, which is kind of interesting to even think about. You know, trying to imagine how he would fit into into everything into the mix. But just a, a super talented player. But we all know what the story is there. Uh, the the involvement or alleged involvement, I guess you could say with a teammate uh, being charged with murder. Uh, a young woman was killed in a very uh, well-populated area out there, um, uh, it, you know, out there in Tuscaloosa. So um, very, very, very tragic situation there. And, and he's continued to play and has played what is a, just a great player, has played well. Uh, and, and so them, them obviously being one of the better teams, being a number one seed is a major story. But locally, though, those are where – you know, this is how I've consumed college basketball this year, Adam. When the weekend hits, or even in the in the middle of the week, when the, when the teams are playing, I'm looking to see who's Houston playing and who is Texas playing. And beyond that, I'm seeing what is the Big Twelve matchup today or tonight. You know, because that has been to me maybe the best, probably the best college basketball conference this year. Um, and I could be biased just because I've watched it the most. Uh, but but that's where I'm at. You know, U of H is a number one seed in the Midwest region. Uh, Texas, obviously, is a number two seed in the same region and, and the possibility that they could um, end up duking it out for a shot to make it to the final four. Um, now, and we'll get to that a little bit later. I don't necessarily think that that's what's going to happen. But uh, but that's there. Uh, Kansas has a number one seed. Obviously, Bill Self has dealt with some health issues lately. But prior to that, they they were an interesting team. Um, uh, I, I thought at times inconsistent, but certainly a super talented team. I've watched a lot of all of the number one seeds from Purdue, uh, Alabama, Houston, and Kansas. What what are the biggest storylines for you for the tournament? Uh, first of all, with U of H, you have the possibility of Kelvin Sampson playing Indiana uh, in the Sweet 16 if both get through um, – both uh, tough draws, I think, for both. Uh, we'll kind of get into to U of H uh, a little later. Uh, I, the Brandon Miller thing with Alabama is is fascinating, and I really think because he's going to have more eyes on him over the next three weeks than he will at any other point this season. 
And I think it's very possible. I don't know if it's likely, but I think it's possible that you will start to hear uh, Brandon Miller possibly work his way into the top two discussion. I'm not, he's not going to go over uh, Victor. I don't think anybody would draft him over Victor Wembanyama, but it would not surprise me if there are teams that wind up having Brandon Miller ahead of Scoot Henderson on their boards. It is nothing against Henderson. It's just that Brandon Miller is really good. And if it weren't for the legal yeah. stuff that you talked about, I think that it would be even more of a conversation, but um, he really does not have any weaknesses on the floor right now. And again, he's going to have a ton of eyes on him. Whereas Scoot Henderson got shut down, you know, uh, the G league, uh, uh, the ignite, they, they, they said they're not going to play him or it was reported that he's not going to play again this season. So it's an opportunity for, a lot of eyes to be on Brandon Miller. Um, just looking through it, I, I think this has an opportunity or a possibility to be a really bizarre first round. Um, the the the, four, the 13 seeds and the 12 seeds are always really good. And it's I think people kind of, you know, it always looks like a big upset, but it's not that the committee doesn't think that the 12 seeds and the 13 seeds are good. It's just that they don't have the wins. They, they're, they're they're unable to build up any sort of a resume just because they don't play enough good teams. You know, their conferences aren't very good. Like Oral Roberts is, is a really good team, and they went on a tournament run a couple years ago, but they play in the Summit League, so they didn't play anybody. They went 18-0 in their league, and they I think they won two or three uh, games in their conference championship. They haven't lost in forever, but again, they haven't beaten anybody. So it's hard to really get a feel for how good they are. Furman is a really good team. They're an experienced team as the 13th seed taking on Virginia. That's a team to watch. That little that little section, uh, I think that is the – that's, that's – uh, Alabama's region in the South. I would not be surprised if you see the 12 and the 13 seed win. I would not be at all surprised to see Charleston beat San Diego state. Charleston is a really good high power offense. Uh, the mountain West always underachieves in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I got burned by the mountain West all last year. Um, did, so that's one thing to watch for. Uh, I'm really uh, the big 10. I love the big 10 conference. It's hard for me to say anything bad about the big 10 conference, but I feel like I have to fade every Big Ten team just because the Big Ten is always underachieved in this tournament. And I'm going to say that, but also uh, U of H in the second round, you know, they, they might be matched up with Iowa. That's a that's a, that's not a fun matchup for anybody because Iowa has the ability to just shoot the lights out. And if you let them get hot, they can beat anyone on any given night and they are never out of a game. Um, then I look at, I think, Maybe I, I think there are two teams out west. Uh, UCLA, really good team, really solid defensively. I think I would have them in the final four, but Jalen Clark got hurt uh, in their last regular season game. That changes things, but I saw them over in the Pac 12 tournament. I thought they looked very good. And then Arizona, I think Arizona is really, really good. And that will be a terrific matchup. If you get Arizona and Alabama in the South Regional final, that's a great game. That might wind up being the best game of the tournament. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, man, I'm... I'm really fascinated. One that you didn't mention that I think is going to be good to watch is probably Maryland and West Virginia. Uh, the 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 eight and nine matchup. Um, a couple of you mentioned you did mention Furman. 
um, which I, I have, I'm going to be honest, I have not watched a lot of, but the more that, that I'm reading about it and they have not, uh, you know, they, they haven't been in the tournament in, you know, over 40 years. Um, but you know, they beat an sec team, um, and they played well against Penn state, uh, on a neutral at a neutral site as well. So I'm, I'm actually just interested to watch them. Cause that's one team that I haven't been able to watch a lot at all. Um, Looking at these number one seeds, though, Houston. Let me jump in. Oh, let me jump in because I, I think there's yeah. one thing, and I'm going to throw in another team too in this mix. The COVID years, all these teams have played together for a really long time, and Furman is part of that mix because they all got all the extra years of eligibility due to COVID, and so they stayed together as a group. And Colgate is another one of those teams. And Colgate against Texas in the first round, that is a nightmarish matchup for Texas because Colgate is always in tournament. This group has been together for a long time. As a team, they shoot 41% from three. So that, that team is more than capable of getting hot, and that's, that can really keep them in that game. So the, you have to look at the mid-majors. The, the group, the teams that have been together for a very long time are always very scary to play against. Well, since you mentioned that and, and you talked about Arizona earlier, I agree. Arizona is really good. They're obviously a, a, a number two C for a reason. Uh, but I, I'm interested to watch their matchup. I'm not predicting an upset in this one, but their matchup against against Princeton, who I think a lot of people would just shrug their shoulders at, and, and rightfully so. I mean, we're talking about Ivy League basketball. You wouldn't expect them to beat Arizona. And, I, and I'm not saying that I do. But they do have a legitimate NBA player on their team. Tosun, I'm not able to say, pronounce his last name, but Tosun is the name, uh, is his first name. He uh, he's, he's, he's a senior, 22 years old. He's probably going to play again, 6'8", uh, kind of like your sort of traditional college big. You know, 6'8", not necessarily that big, but can do a lot of different things on the floor, a legitimate NBA prospect. Um, and, and not somebody that I think a lot of people have seen a lot of. Um, but I, I do wonder how that game is going to play out. There are a couple of I, I like your take that it, it has the potential to be a really interesting first round, because I do think that the way it's seated and that the difference between some of these teams can be not necessarily negligible. But uh, but the way it's seated, there are some there are some matchups that are favorable to some lower seeds. Uh, Kind of like the ones that, that that we've already mentioned. Yeah, Princeton could be a tough matchup for Arizona because Arizona gives up a lot of threes, and Princeton shoots it pretty well from out there. But if you let Arizona play at their pace, they are terrifying to play against because they've got size, and their two bigs, uh, Balo and Tubelis, they can really get up and down the floor. And so that really – so it's not just the guards that can beat you with them. It's the bigs that really beat you. But – Kirk Reese said the point guard is hurt and he hurt his shoulder and, you know, he had a wrap on it. He had to shoot a free throw with his offhand uh, in one of the Pac-12 tournament games. He did make a three. I think he made the three against Arizona State on Friday. So it kind of feels like he's a little healthier than maybe people think. But he got, he was hurt during the NCAA tournament last year also. And, and so he's a big difference maker for them. And, you know, he likes to shoot the ball. He's not a great shooter, uh, but he can either shoot them in a game or shoot them out of a game. Uh, but Man, Arizona can just overwhelm you with just the way that they push pace because of, of the two bigs, uh, Umar Balo and uh, Azulis Tubelis.